Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Tom Gatto from the Sporting News on Major League Baseball coming up in 15 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, and then we'll talk to Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Randy Wayhofer, though, going to join us right now. Um, as it happened here in the KXNO family, if you will, of, of talkers, uh, we had a COVID positive. Um, Principal Park now has one and games for at least the next couple of days have been postponed as they get the staff tested. Uh, Randy Wayhofer, uh, assistant GM over there, uh, joins us uh, to shed some light. Hello, Randy. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Good, guys. How are you? Doing well. As, as I mentioned, Randy, uh, it hit here, as I'm sure you've uh, you heard uh, at KXNO and um it doesn't play favorites, right? It's uh, it's uh, now uh, affected somebody at Principal Park. These, uh, there's a positive at Principal Park with one of the staff members uh, forcing everybody to get tested. Uh, what's the best case scenario, Randy, for getting back to, I guess, what we'll call business as usual uh, in the here and now? Well, I, I think our greatest concern right now is just the, you know, being transparent for the public because we have been hosting events. Um, even though we've taken all of the precautions as a staff, um, the the person who test positive, tested positive uh, has been wearing a, a mask around uh, anyone in, uh, anyone that's been here. Uh, we all have public facing positions for the time being, so that um, there was minimal interaction uh, for some. Uh, he is asymptomatic. Um, and was proactive in getting a test uh, after a, attending a funeral uh, out of town but in state uh, just because he had traveled. So, um, you know, we, we're trying to be proactive and, and do all of the right things. Uh, uh, to be honest, we've had so much information, I'm not exactly sure what all of it means. Our cleaning protocols, because we're hosting events, you know, the building is going to be taken care of today uh, after hosting two high school games yesterday. So, uh, I'm, it I think we're the building protocols have been in place, uh, but certainly the human interaction part of it is is very important. So we want to make sure that uh, most of all, the most interaction has been within our own staff members. Randy, I was out there for the opening night of the high school season back a week ago Monday and uh, seeing the Roosevelt Centennial matchup out there. After that, how's it been going with the high school events? Of course, the college games in the interim, not going to have games. But up until this point, how's things been going? Uh, you know, for the most part, pretty good. Uh, you know, people have been pleased to have the opportunity to um, experience uh, something different. Uh, most have been very appreciative of uh, the measures that we've taken. Um, sometimes it's a, a challenge to get people to abide by all of the protocols, you know, but we set the things there and, and, and hope for the most part for people's safety. Uh, you know, there's a comfort level with people who are attending games together uh, that know each other, uh, you know, that might be different than an Iowa Cubs game because of uh, mm-hmm. uh, the high school setting, uh, you know, but that's just, that's human nature. Uh, pre-pandemic, mid-pandemic, or post-pandemic, uh, there's the, uh, the human tendencies, the comfort levels, and decision-making that will, that will vary. So 
our, I think our staff uh, has done a terrific job to take care of the things that we can control. Uh, the comments that we've received have been have been very good, and um, you know it it certainly is is nice to be able to um, offer that. But today is a, a reminder that you know we're still dealing with things outside of our control. Indeed, uh, Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs. Randy, I can just uh, you know I can imagine what it's like for the for the teams, the high school teams in particular. Yesterday, Knoxville and Ames were there. Uh, it's not just you know the big city schools that get an opportunity to play at Principal Park. Uh, it's some of the smaller schools and some of the communities surrounding the Des Moines area. What a thrill for these kids to be able to play at a you know as close to a big league ballpark as they're going to get uh, at Principal Park. Well, if if uh, their enthusiasm level is uh, directly tied to how early they show up compared <laughs> to the starting time for their game, I can say that they've been very excited uh, for the opportunity to to be here, and 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 rightfully so. I can only imagine what that uh, would would be like. Uh, you know, trying to put yourself back in in their shoes. It's uh, it, it is an exciting time. Um, uh, you can tell the ones that. Uh, feel the weight of being on that field and maybe put some more pressure on themselves than they need to uh, as as the game goes along. But that's kind of the nature of being a, uh, a teenager and, and competing in general. So, uh, yeah, that, I think that uh, the teams certainly enjoy the opportunity. We enjoy providing the opportunity. Um, you know, I've said many times that my favorite thing about working here uh, beyond just my love of baseball is the fact that we can combine being a good business with being good people and a good community partner all in all in one setting. Uh, and and I try to, to never take that for granted. Randy, uh, as you've gone through this, what have you guys learned in the day-to-day operations and what things uh, maybe came as a surprise as you've been going through these initial games? Well, you, you just never, you, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a surprise uh, because this happens all the time. Uh, no matter how many signs you put up, no matter how many PA announcements you make, no matter what uh, things you post on social media or your website, uh, there are people surprised to find out all of the new wrinkles that are going on in, in the ballpark and um, the different reactions to them. Uh, and uh, that's just part of, of, of dealing with the public and, uh, and, and part of the territory. Uh, and, and it's our job to Recommunicate as often as necessary to, to get those things uh, uh, across. Whether it's the cashless system uh, at the ticket windows and the, and the concessions, um, you know. And, and while we still handle debit and credit cards, 18 different people didn't touch that dollar bill before it got in your wallet, mm-hmm. and 19 more people don't touch it afterward. It's a very limited uh, interaction with the plastic transaction, and that's why uh, we've we've chosen to do it that way. Um, you know, the zip ties of the seats. Uh, to try to maintain social distance between you and the people that you don't know, um, we would not. We would rather not do it that way. Uh, you know, I didn't send our staff out in the sun for five days to zip tie eight thousand seats for the fun of it. <laughs> um, you know, but there are varied reactions to that, and none of that's surprising. But uh, you know, every day we have a brand new audience by the nature of the of different events that we're hosting. So um, it almost feels like being that 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 early ed teacher that you start from square one of one plus one uh, every single day. Uh, and, and I admire the people that can do that with, with grace and a smile because uh, sometimes it, it can be a challenge. But we have enjoyed the people that have been here, and 99% of them have been terrific and, and appreciative and, um, and, and great to deal with.
Uh, Randy Wayho from the Iowa Cubs. Randy, a couple more, we'll, we'll let you go. So uh, the, the the staff is being tested, which should take, I mean, for us, I think we got the news when, Trent? Tuesday, you had your test yesterday, mm-hmm. mine today. So within probably, you know, test a couple of days. I guess where I'm going, Randy, maybe baseball Monday, Tuesday of next week? Those are the next scheduled games, and we'll just have to wait and see yeah. as to uh, how the results come back. You know, the... Um, there is a variety of options out there right now. Um, a couple people called their doctor and, and were able to get in sooner. A couple people called their doctor and were referred to test Iowa, and those appointment mm-hmm. times are stacked up a little bit differently. So, um, you know, we will do our best to, to get that done as as quickly as possible um, and identify, um, you know, the, the hard part about all of this is that, um, even our staff member that tested positive and, and no one else in the building has had any, had any symptoms to this point. And that, in a nutshell, is the tricky part of everything that we're dealing with as a, as a society. It, it'd be one thing if, uh, um, you know, we just weren't feeling good uh, and, and you could, uh, it, it would make more sense. The hard part about all of this is nobody has felt anything differently over the course of this, but yet things have changed quickly. Uh, being good intention and, and wanting to be a, a good team member and a, and a good community member um, by getting the test in the first place um, uh, based, based on the factors that were involved. So, um, yeah, we'll try to do it as best we can. Um, and, and I know that the game, those games next Monday, those teams are going to be eager, just like the teams that are disappointed today. But obviously there's a bigger picture to this that we can't lose, lose sight of. No question about it. Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs. Randy, thank you. Uh, again, you guys proactive. You'll be on top of this, and we'll get baseball back at Principal Park uh, when uh, when the time is right, and hopefully that's right sooner rather than later. Randy, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Randy Wayhofer from the uh, Iowa Cubs as they uh, deal with uh, COVID like so many businesses are. Yeah, it just continues on and on, and yeah. this is... This is our reality. As we go through it, these type of things are going to happen. Businesses are going to close. Mm-hmm. They're going to suspend things and, and then come back. And the same thing with the Iowa Cubs. Hopeful they'll be able to get their feet back underneath them. But like you said, proactive. And that's a great thing to see with so many of these organizations and businesses. You have to. Is being proactive yeah. about it. And being upfront about it, too. When's your next uh, Principal Park game? Do you know? Don't know offhand. I can't remember. I was doing a little messing around with the schedule just yesterday and uh, coming up with version 3.0 mm-hmm. of the, the summer schedule. I was scheduled to be doing a game tomorrow night, but wife has a work function. Look for a sitter. Couldn't find one. Found a sitter, but already found a replacement. The game will still be uh, streaming on CISN. And taking over for me on the call, Brad Rose. The nice. Valley AD, he's going to be on the call for Ankeny Centennial hosting Valley tomorrow night. So that'll be fun to uh, hear. Brad's done a couple of baseball games with me in the past, and he'll be having the hot mic with the play-by-play. Good stuff. Um, we're going to talk Major League Baseball. Did you hear the Blue Jays aren't going to be allowed to play in Canada? So what's the... They're looking for a home, I guess. San Juan? No, I think they'll stay on... Uh, on Continental yeah, U.S.? in the U.S. Buffalo? Prob- Okay. I mean, Proximity-wise, yeah, that would make sense. I can't remember how I flew into Buffalo to, I, uh, to go to Toronto once. It's not that long. The borders not very far away. I would think the Buffalo would make. How about Principal Park? Principal Park, bring them in. Home of the Blue Jays. Oh, somebody's looking for a press pass for that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but that's kind of weird, though, right? I mean, yeah. Anyways, that's the that's the hand that they've been dealt. We will talk Major League Baseball. 
I want to figure out this fast start. What's the what's behind it? Give me a theory. It's pitching, right? Isn't it pitching? Is it pitching? How good are these pitchers? I mean, I'll just tell you at the high school level. I know we're talking differences here, but mm-hmm. control has been an issue even for some of the elite level guys. Last night, Nick Crandall for Johnston hadn't given up an earned run all last season. He gives up seven. A kid that all he does is throw strikes. He had four walks. Jeez. And, and is that with this lead up, you're not going to have the same time. Our starting pitch is going to have that pinpoint accuracy. Guys been in cages. They've been taking swings. Yeah. It's That's a great true. unknown. It really and truly is. We'll do. Uh, we'll talk some Major League Baseball with Matt Gatto. We'll get back into the Big 12 with Matt Postens. Tom Gatto, Matt Postens, Miller and Condon. By the way, tomorrow, Brandon Hurley. Do you remember Brandon Hurley? I do, yeah. Brandon Hurley from Carroll. Uh-huh. What's the Carroll paper? The, the Carroll paper. The Carroll Times-Picayune. <laughs> That's not no, it. <laughs> the Carroll paper, the Carroll Herald. Whatever, I can't. We, we'll we'll know by tomorrow. Anyways, remember last year he got in his car to drive to Toronto yes. uh, to cover. It's not driving up to Minneapolis for no. a professional sporting event or Chicago. But Nick Nurse's hometown paper and Brandon Hurley's in his car driving to Toronto to cover uh, Nick Nurse and the chance to win a championship. We wrote a book. An, an autobiography of yeah. Nick Nurse. Phil Jackson did the forward. Well, we're talking. This guy about wasn't messing around. An NBA champion, uh-huh. Nick Nurse. I know. Get the little buzz there. That's really cool too. That Nurse could have gone to a lot of diff- different authors. Yep. But to do it with somebody the local from his kid, love that. That's awesome. So Brandon Hurley's going to join us to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm really anxious to find out. You know, what when? Because he's not that old, right? Brandon Hurley, I take his. Uh, Late 20s, early 30s. Say, yeah. somewhere around there. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Brandon Hurley wrote a book. Uh, Tom Gatto writes for the Sporting News. We'll talk Major League Baseball. He's joining us. Gatto, not Gatto. Gatto's next. Hurley's tomorrow at 1025. Miller and Condon till noon. You following? Keeping up? I got it. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 1. Week in building. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you here uh, until noon, Matt Poston's coming up, working on Tom Gatto from the Sporting News. Uh, you know, one of our uh, baseball guests tweeted this out yesterday. Remember, you know, Mark, Mark Simon, Mark Simon says, real analytical sports guy. Did you see what he tweeted yesterday, his idea? I did not, no. I, I mean, think it's brilliant. All right. You, really, you saved this because you mentioned it to me. You said you're going to save it for the air, and I didn't even cheat. So I'm intrigued by this one because Mark is... He's a learned man. He's a very smart guy. He is. Well, there's going to be no fans in ballparks, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's what well, that's the anticipation. I know that maybe Texas, at least they thought that they might have some folks in Houston or in Dallas to see, the, or I guess Arlington technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the way Texas is right now, I find that hard to believe. So Matt Sim- Mark Simon's uh, suggestion was, is auction off the home run balls and the money going to COVID-based charities or social justice charities. I mean, you're not who want Randall Gritchick's ball is not going to go for very much, right? <laughs> right. But you know, you get a Mike Trout home run ball, and it's uh, authenticated, or a Chris Bryant, or a Javier Baez, Miguel Sano. Yeah, well, there you go. Fill in the Vladimir home run Guerrero. number twenty five of the sixty game season. <laughs> 
But don't you think that's a really good idea? It, it is. I, I like the way, I mean, you're looking for all angles. As we're seeing with the Iowa Cubs, just talking with Randy Wayhofer, they're looking yeah. for any angle they can just to bring some kind of income in. Same thing here. But this is, they're not going to keep the ball. They're not going to keep it. They're going to, all the money would go to charity, but some guy's in the bleachers at Wrigley. Yeah. Or, I mean, a, 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 an employee of the team, right? And his job is to, or her job, is to get the home run ball. And I don't know if it would go to MLB charities or it would go to, um, wherever, the, the, the actual team's charity page. But I bet you, you would, you can make some dough for these causes. COVID, social justice. Yeah, I think Mark Simon, you're onto something. I, I like it. I like the idea. I like the thought process behind it. And you know, one thing I was also wondering if there's going to be certain ballparks, I'm sure that is going to have nobody quote in air quotes in the stands. Uh-huh. Maybe it'll be you know the guys that are still part of the team but not part of the active roster. They they might be there. A few other people, people that are part of the team that work in the organization, will be there. And what it's going to sound like and. The Astros, who we talked about just the other day. You know, they catch a huge break. Huge break. Huge break. But if there's still, even say, 50 people in the stands, and the Astros are coming in, and you are the... Well, if there's 50 people in the stands, you will hear whatever those right. 50 people are screaming. And is, clearly. Is, is that going to be more significant and get the heads oh. more? Or how much chirping there is going to be? Because we know there's chirping in baseball. I mean, it happens all the time. But is that going to be magnified even more? Mm-hmm. When Altuve comes up for the first time and he takes one in the back, <laughs> yeah, I want I want mics on the players. Then uh, yeah. you, you clearly want to be able to hear the field mics uh, at that point. I don't know. It's um, if you're part of the organization, are you going to be chirping over there, sitting in the stands, or are you going to get admonished from the actual player saying, "Hey, shut up up there"? Mm-hmm. No, we, we got this. We'll control the game on our own right. Just a, another different fun angle to look at when it uh, gets to the actual games. And then there's going to be some ballparks, it sounds like, that are going to allow fans in. Well, I think they're all going to be different. The NFL is going to leave that up to the teams. At least I saw that this morning. Yeah, I saw that last night. Uh, They are going to take some precautions. What was it, the first eight rows or ten rows behind the you know field level? Mm -hmm. uh, Ten rows up, those are going to be – those are are not going to be available as they – provide somewhat of a, a, a barrier or whatever. Lambo Leap's going to be a little more it's difficult. Out. There's no Lambo Leap. Well, you j- jump in there, you're just going to land in a seat. In a seat, right. Yeah, that loses something, right? Maybe you just jump up there and sit on the uh, edge. And have all the photographers. Like, there won't be a whole lot of photographers. Well, that's another the thing, yeah. They're taking that away, and photogs, sh- the sheer number of people on the sidelines is going to dwindle. I'm sure there'll be a few photographers, but that'll be more difficult mm-hmm. to be able to get one of those passes to get in. And think of a football game and just those end zones and the sheer number of people that yeah. are taking pictures. And I always wonder, right? What do these people do with these pictures? I don't know. It's a great question. Of course, yeah, you work for the AP. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You work yeah, but if for... you work for the AP, all of your pictures go on a, a clearinghouse, if you will, mm-hmm. or or one star. Yeah, that's a great question. But that's one guy. And all right, Rob Howe, I know he takes pictures for mm-hmm. Hawkeye Nation, a few other places like that. But I swear, Kinnick, you see 60, oh, 70? Oh, line up all across the yeah. on both of them. On both ends. Mm-hmm. Is it that many people taking pictures for what? Yeah. Well, for for they, they put a camera around their neck and they've got a pretty good seat. Yes, they do. And they've, had, and they've been uh, pulling this ruse off for years. That's a pretty good one. I think it's probably going to end here soon. Yeah, I think it does. All right, Matt Poston's coming up from Heartland College Sports. We'll get to him, but before that... Before that... 
a little delay on the fuse going on. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Cakes and All Weekdays for the Boomer of the Day, brought to you by Iowa Fireworks Farm. Be the... Where do you want to go? Let's go first caller. First caller at 284-5966. When you hear it, and you just did, you'll win $50 in fireworks. Caller number one. Uh, find a um, dirt Jeep. Dirt Cheap Prices, Iowa Fireworks Farm, 25 minutes south uh, west of Des Moines on I-35, exit 43 in New Virginia. We have our winner. We have our winner. If you're getting a ring, you're too late. Phone has been answered. So, again, if you're getting a ring, you're too late. We have our winner. Uh, So we're running out of time. This is the last couple of days to do this. All the well, Murph and Andy and the Fanatics will do it, and then tomorrow all four of the shows will do it, and then the promotion ends. So if you're uh, looking to win that $50 in fireworks from the good folks at Iowa Fireworks Farm, uh, you're running out of opportunity. Are you a fireworks guy? No. Have you ever? No. Bottle? Did you play with bottle rockets as a no, kid? No, did not. You know what my wife bought, and I think is the most ridiculous thing I've ever... Sparklers? Eh, no. So she came up with this idea that we're going to go out in the backyard, and we're not. She's got some kind of great big paper bag. Okay. And we're going to light a candle in it or yes, something. Yes, yes, And we're going to send that into the great unknown. Yes. In a ball of flame. Uh-huh. Those are cool. But where the hell did they land? Eh. Yeah, Somebody's the field. Hell, right? Somebody's field, somebody's house. Eh, no big deal. <laughs> On the roof wouldn't be very good. But, you know, our luck, you know, I, I know where it's going to land. It's, it's going to... It'll but, come right back to you? That's not fireworks, though, is it? No, that's not fireworks, that's no. That's ridiculous. It's just a floating bag into the great Floating unknown. bag of fire. Seems safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and trend, so you're like, putting your foot down on no, this no, 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 we're not doing it. Uh, this isn't like a lunch bag, you know, the brown bag you yeah, take to yeah. work or school. This is a, like, the size of a... Almost the size of a... You know, you go to the dry cleaner, you get your shirt back in the mm-hmm. plastic... That's that size, the plastic, except it's paper. This is pretty significant. Uh, We're not doing it. Uh, We are going to talk to Matt Postens on the Big 12 next. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Our new neighborhood gathering spot. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Condon. By the way, did you see you were voted number one in the building for your bumps back into the show? It's pretty good. This is a perfect example why. This is a beauty right here. Indeed it is. Congratulations mix- for that, Thank you, thank you. A mixture of 90s alternative and Stuff Ken's that gets music. me going. <laughs> and when music was music. Oh, you old man. Oh, you old man. <laughs> old man Miller. Indeed. Uh, Matt Postens joins the program. Matt, Trent, and Ken. Good to speak with you, Matt Postens. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, I saw your Twitter feed yesterday, and I guess I didn't realize uh, how important today. We'll get to Big 12 in a second. Uh, what yesterday meant in 1998 to the Dallas Mavericks. Get Nowitzki uh, and bring over Steve Nash, who was at the time uh, stuck behind uh, Jason Kidd and Kevin Johnson, which is crazy to think uh, that Phoenix had those dudes at the same time. But, man, oh, man, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out or retweeted whatever you did. I saw it on your Twitter feed. What a day. 
Yeah, and, and you know the really weird thing about it is at the time I was actually more excited that we had traded for Steve Nash than we had drafted Dirk Nowitzki. I actually knew who Nash was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played for Santa Clara when they upset, uh, I think, Arizona in the NCAA tournament yeah. uh, before he got into the pros. So I, I was really excited when they traded for him. When they drafted Nowitzki or when they drafted Robert Trailer to trade Trailer to Milwaukee to get Nowitzki, right. You know, I saw all this grainy video of him shooting threes and playing outside and being seven foot, and I'm like, what on earth did we just do? And, of course, Dirk exceeded everybody's expectations. and is the best player in team history and is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day and is really redefined what a seven-footer can be in the NBA. No, I'm with you. Uh, I'm so glad he got a championship, too, because he's one of those guys oh, yeah. that really deserved it. And by the by, the looks of things, uh, he shows up on you know Twitter feeds from now and then. He's really enjoying the retirement, and why wouldn't he? So let's get to the here and now, Matt, and that's uh, uh, the Big 12. And uh, Bob Bowlesby, who's been as uh, proactive as any of the commissioners, I feel, in the Power Five, uh, he was joined uh, by Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, and and um, Larry Scott out west. Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12 are at least exploring the option of building an extra week into the schedule, pushing back their championship games. Should we have to, you know, should the need arise that uh, we have to postpone some games, make up week? I think it's a great idea considering where we're at. Uh, it's not set in stone yet, but at least it's on the drawing board. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of conferences, you know, explore different options because when you think about college football, especially, uh, it's a very decentralized game. I mean, you have the NCAA and they run the national championships and they handle oversight for recruiting and stuff like that. But when you really think about who drives the game, it's really the conferences, especially the Power Five. So to hear them say that, you know, we might push back our net, our conference championship game a weekend. To give our teams an extra weekend to play if we have to cancel a game or postpone a game. To me, that's good foresight because, A, you still want to play the game if you can't. And there may still be no way to play that game, depending upon what happens over the next couple of months. But you have that little two, three-week cushion before the bowl games actually start. And when you really think about it, those Power 5 schools really don't start playing bowl games till after Christmas for the most part. So there's a little wiggle room there for them to – to do that, you know, some of the schools, especially in the Big 12, Texas certainly has said we're not going back to school after Thanksgiving. So there's not that, uh, you know, problem of having students on campus if you have to have your players come back for practices after Thanksgiving. So I think there's some good in that, but I think you're going to see a lot of conferences try to do a lot of creative things over the next couple of months to make sure that A, they can play football and B, they can get as many games played as possible. You know, one thing that Ken and I have bandied about quite a bit here is the aspect of these cases when a team is stricken with COVID-19, when a group of players is out there, what an injury report would look or, or just a participation chart for the gambling side of it, but also for the other side and the opponent. I, I think that's something that needs to be done, even if it doesn't become public knowledge. Teams need to know that they're going into a place that a team has had 15 cases. That's something that needs to be out there. What is Bullsby and the Big 12 offices? What is their stance on that? And how do you think it'll play out on the Big 12? It'll be up to each, in each individual conference what they're going to do. How do you think the Big 12 will play that out? Uh, I think that'll be a good question. I think that'll be a question for Bullsby once we get uh, a hold of the Big 12 media days in July. 
Um, I think that every conference does need to have a strategy about that. I mean, the strategy right now has been it's been up to each individual school to disclose whether they have players that have tested positive. Uh, we, I think there's been about 30 schools in FBS to this point that have disclosed they've had players that have tested positive. There's probably more. Not everybody's on campus yet. For instance, Oklahoma's not on campus till July 1st. So uh, I would assume they'll have some positive cases. But when you start thinking about getting into the season, should we get into the season, I don't think it's fair to, say, West Virginia to come to a place like Baylor and Baylor to have 10 players with COVID and not tell them or not disclose mm-hmm. that to the public I in agree. any way. I, I, I think that's incredibly unfair and incredibly unsafe. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to have to have a cogent plan to handle that going into the season. And my guess is they'll probably have that plan in place or at least be working on that plan once they get to Big 12 media days mm-hmm. in July. But I, I have not heard that they have a that any conference has a, a cogent plan like that in place just yet. Mm. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports is our guest. So Matt, obviously the Big Twelve Media Days are all going to be virtual, right? I mean it's not going to be held. Yep. When um when when do you think we'll get a schedule? I'd love to listen to that. You, you, the Bullsby's got already his plate starting to fill up. Those are great questions um that he's going to have to answer. When will we know, do you think, when we're gonna hear from him? Uh, we don't know exactly when. They're going to do them over the same two days that they would have done them. They are, okay. Down here in Arlington. So, uh, you know, assuming they keep the same schedule that they usually keep, we'll hear from Bowlesby the morning that first day. Yeah. He usually is the keynote speaker that first day. So uh, that's usually about a 30- to 45-minute press conference with Bob doing like a 15-minute intro, which is what he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, but if they keep the same schedule they usually keep, we'll hear from them that first day, which I think is Monday, the twenty-first of July, if memory serves. Good stuff. Uh, so let, let's uh, let's go to some of the schools, and you know where everybody—well, not everybody—but Trent and I are trying to find that dark horse, if you will, that team that you know, not named Oklahoma, not named Texas, some team that's got at least a little value. If you're going to take a a shot at a team to win something, you want you know want to be rewarded for picking that team that came from nowhere. Oklahoma State, there's too much. Love for them, and I get it. I mean, you know what? I forgot about uh, Wallace. What's it, Tylen Wallace, who was in the conversation? I mean, this this year as we go back to the draft, so many gifted receivers went right. I'm not saying he was a first rounder, but man, he might have been because he was highly thought of. You know, you combine him with Chuba Hubbard, who surprised everybody that came back. Spencer Sanders taking a step forward. I think their defense is better. Wallace and Hubbard. Uh, it's pretty two. That's two pretty big weapons offensively for the Cowboys. Yeah, if you're thinking about you know the quote unquote triplets, I'm I'm not sure that a a team in the Big Twelve has a better set of three uh, than Oklahoma State just in terms of their talent and their ability. You know, Tylen Wallace did not have as productive a season as he did in 2018. Part of that was injuries. Yeah, a lot uh, of it. We should not forget. We should not forget he was a Bletnikoff finalist in 2018. There you go. Like, 82 receptions for 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. And even though he only played nine games last year, he still scored eight touchdowns. So you put him healthy in that offense with Chubba Hubbard and with Spencer Sanders, who should take a step forward next year, or excuse me, this year, uh, they could put up some really, really pinballish kind of numbers and give everybody in the conference some real difficulty. It's uh, going to be great. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, Bedlam game will not be at the end of the season this year. So if there is that repeat in the championship, it won't be a week later, October 24th, the date for Bedlam uh, coming up this season. The hire of Jerry Kill at TCU. 
Great point. That one is another part that the TCU factor, I just, I, I like it even more. Me too. After going through that, a guy that I, I was just listening to, I was wide receiver coach Colt Copeland, who played for Jerry Kill in college. And so many people, the conversations about Jerry Kill, we know the guy knows football, but there's so much more to him. Obviously, health concerns took him away from the head coaching role, but what a coup there for Gary Patterson getting him to come in and help with the offense. Yeah, I mean, every thread I've ever heard about Jerry Kill from people, coaches, players, et cetera, has just been respect. Mm-hmm. Respect for him as a football player, respect for him as a person. Uh, he did really good work when he was at uh, uh, Minnesota as the head coach uh, before his health problems kind of uh, forced him to step away from the game. This this feels like a, you know, a, a, a Steve Sarkeesian, you know, offensive analyst hire at Alabama, that kind of thing. I mean, uh, he's not the offensive coordinator, but but he can do so much to help support Sonny Cumbie in that position uh, in terms of giving him little tips and little tricks. Uh, they do similar things offensively from a philosophy standpoint. Uh, they've got to they've got to solidify their quarterback position, and hopefully, Kill can help them do that as well. Uh, obviously, uh, he knows a great deal about offense. Knows a great deal about developing players, and uh, this is a. One of the best under the radar hires, certainly in the conference this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. So I'm guessing when you do a lot of these national things, you're not asked a lot about Kansas. Um, but I want to ask about Les Miles because, man, it just seemed like it's, uh, the the hire came out of nowhere. I get that you know, he's got the the Big Twelve pedigree, etc. Um, you know, prior to you know becoming Les Miles, as as, as we saw at LSU, but a five year deal when he signed it. I'm not saying that. I mean, how long do you think he before he gets bored, if you will? Because it just seems. I mean, how do you pick this team out of the doldrums? I know that they did with Mangino, but it seems like they're miles away from competing at all. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, when you look at the fact that they haven't been to a bowl game in more than a decade, it, it's hard to get kids to come play uh, at a place like Kansas, even though they have upgraded their facilities. Mm-hmm. They have. They are working on remodeling the stadium, so they're trying to to kind of play catch-up, you know, so to speak, to the rest of the conference. But, you know, Puka Williams is a player yes, that, is. you know, frankly could change the dynamic of that team offensively. Uh, you know, the way that he, he's able to run out of the backfield, catch passes, uh, you bring him back along with Andrew Parchment, Stephen Robinson Jr. Uh, they've got a good portion of their skill position talent back. Uh, they still need some help on the defensive side of the football. When you think about Kansas over the past several years and, and the way that they've played, you know, defense, they've had good defensive players, but they haven't really been good as a unit. Uh, I think their offense is going to make significant strides in 2020. I think the big question is whether or not that defense uh, can really make some, uh, some strides forward. You know, Brent Dearman is a really good offensive coordinator. I think we're really going to see what D.J. Elliott's made of as a defensive coordinator this year. Couple other second year coaches, uh, I want to get your thoughts. And it just maybe feels because of the programs and their, their tier that they are in the Big 12. One's going to go good, one's going to go bad. Neil Brown at West Virginia, Matt Wells at Texas Tech. Of those two guys, debuts, not great on either side. Who do you think is going to have the most success of their program, say, the next four or five years? Oh, that's a really that's good, good question. question. I, I, I really, lean toward West Virginia mm-hmm. uh, just because I like Neil. I like both coaches, but I like Neil Brown 
as a coach that comes in and develops a program as opposed to just develops players. If you saw what he did at Troy as the head coach there, he really kind of rebuilt that program that had kind of taken a bit of a, a nosedive before he got there. And he really kind of rebuilt that program uh, and really, you know, rebuilt it in a way where it carried over to the coach that replaced him. You know, when you look at Texas Tech, they've been so up and down. They've, they've really never been the same since they let Mike Leach go. And, you know, no matter who they put into that position, they've tried it with, uh, 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 oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now, Tuberville, and it didn't work. They tried bringing in Kingsbury. It didn't work. You know, Matt Wells was a good coach, and he's got a lot of really good, interesting position players coming back on the offensive side of the football. But they've never been able to come together as a good defensive unit and support whatever they've been able to do on offense. So if I'm thinking about one of these two teams, you know, being a contender in the Big 12 in the next three to five years, I'm going to put my money on West Virginia because, A, I think Neil Brown is the kind of coach who's going to develop a program that can do that. And, B, there's far more tradition of West Virginia being a contender in their conference and even being a contender on the national stage than there is at Texas Tech. Uh, we got about a minute left with you. Dave Aranda to Baylor, uh, year number one for him. I mean, Matt Rule had that school rolling. We'll see how he does at Carolina. Aranda coming off a uh, national championship, coordinating the defense uh, at LSU and, you know, held some offensive powerhouses well below their season average. Yeah, granted, he had some dudes over there. As LSU, man, they send guys to the draft year after year, don't they? But what about Aranda at mm-hmm. Baylor? S- step back or... Uh, maintain the course? I think they could potentially maintain the course because, A, Matt Rule did not leave them a bare cupboard. This isn't like Matt Rule taking over after the implosion after Art Bryles. There's talent on this team on both sides of the football. Uh, Aranda is a a well-respected assistant coach who is uh, out to prove himself as a good head coach. And let's not undersell the hire of Larry Fedora as the offensive coordinator. I know that the program at North Carolina kind of tailed off the last couple of years before he got fired. But before he went to North Carolina, he did great things at Southern Miss. He was a well-respected offensive coordinator. He could really help elevate Charlie Brewer in this offense and take them to the next level. That's going to be another one of those offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator hires that we look at at the end of the season and go, wow, that really potentially made a difference in how Team A or Team B performed. Uh, I, I really think Baylor has the potential to be another eight or nine win team this year because I think they've got the talent to succeed. I think Aranda is a, a coach with a really good foundation, and he's made really good hires around him. Indeed he has. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thank you as always. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem, guys. Good. To t- oh, by the way, you still there? Yeah. Uh, what about the, the college football preview? When, when uh, Are you guys at press yet? We're We're almost there. We had to redo all of our NAIA and D2 schedules because uh, they made some changes to their seasons. Uh, NAIA went down to nine games. Uh, Division two went down to 10 games. So we had to change up our Iowa schedule, for example. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping to wrap things up this weekend and hoping to have the book out uh, right around July 4th. College football yearbook. College football. America yes. yearbook or college football yearbook? College football America yearbook. There you go. Matt Postens. Matt, thank you. We'll watch for it. We'll talk to you uh, in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Good info there on the Big 12. I, this, this has been fun getting into the actual on-the-field stuff, right? Uh, our buddy, uh, Papa Star, the gopher man. Huge Minnesota Loves fan. his gophers. Yes, his, he uh, does. I think he has, what, a kid up there, maybe a daughter? That... I think they all graduated. Look at I think his, I think he did. Yeah. 
and listens to our show. Yep. He calls me when I'm calling out the boat rower. Does he? Does he it? tweets at us he, a lot. Uh, yeah. He does. Yeah, he gets, does all the shows. Gets after me when I call Phil Phil Fleck because that's his name, <laughs> right? And uh, but he said Jerry Kill. Well, we'll see if he makes it through the year. A little harsh, yeah, it's but true. It's, sadly, yeah, sadly, it's also it's the true. truth that goes along with yeah. it. I I like that one. To my question about West Virginia and Texas Tech, I saw one of the updated rivals recruiting rankings. Their sixty fifth Texas Tech is, and they only have eight commits. Usually, this is the time that you know that second year you kind of have the buzz of the it's new a basketball coach. school trend. Well, different things could change in the there. state of Texas. Yeah, it's a basketball school. Boy, your beard's got it going on. Yes, he does. Hey, uh, we didn't have a chance, so maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. But Ezra Miller, former Iowa yeah. offensive lineman, well, ending we'll up have at Nebraska. On tomorrow, yeah, so we'll talk to Tom about. Want to get his perspective because what do you know, if anything? I, well, he hung it up because of injuries. Uh-huh. And when you do that, you can still remain on scholarship. Right. What I've heard, though, is if you do that, you're not allowed to just change your mind and come back and try to play the sport after you give up the athletic scholarship to have the scholarship that the medical scholarship, if you will. So that might be the reason for it. Decided, you know what? I want to give it another try. And he's walking on at Nebraska. And he can't do it at Iowa. Uh-huh. So, Nebby, here we come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So we'll have Tom Caker. We're going to have Brandon Hurley again. He wrote a uh, uh, the autobiography of Nick Nurse uh, with a foreword by Phil Jackson. He wasn't messing around. The big guns. Did he get to talk to Phil? I think he did. Yeah. Find out tomorrow. Uh, Dave Sproul and Iowa State. Tom Caker. Hillary Condon. Ted Team of the day. Oh, we're doing Roshan Corporation, indeed. All right, Murph and Andy, today at 2, the Fanatics at 4, Morning Rush. We'll start the final. That's not true. We've got Saturday with uh, Emory, but Morning Rush tomorrow at 6.